Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Obeying God. And His truth, not what the world says, not what you think, obeying God and His truth is how we remain. See, our protection against deception, as the world gets more deceptive all the time, is simply to obey the truth, endure, keep our personal relationship with God healthy, and we'll be able to finish our race very well. Pastor Mark will tell us that the Antichrist means against Christ. Jesus himself warned us that people would come claiming to be the Christ. John spoke directly to us about specific people in his time. But the truth is, every age has known such individuals who are against Christ and promise a way to God apart from Him. Although these false teachers are scary, Pastor Mark will tell us that true believers have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. Every believer knows what's needed for salvation. The gospel is plain enough for all to understand. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, with part one of our message entitled, The Spirit of the Antichrist Has Arrived. I'm going to ask you to write two words down right now, if you would. Everybody, two words. Here's what I want you to focus on as we go through today. You'll see them over and over and over again in the scripture. Here's the two words. Number one word, deception. Just write the word deception down. Deception. Number two word, worship. Worship. Deception and worship. Now remember, we don't live by speculation. We live by the word of God. So I'm going to take you on a little journey this morning, as John does, through the end of the Bible, through the end of the world. Now, is there anybody here in Melbourne or Sebastian or Vera, the worker, is there anybody here that's a human? (laughs) Could could I see your hand? If somebody doesn't run, raise one next to you, could be a demon sitting right there. Just, (laughs) Just be careful. So we're humans. So what does church history have to do with? Humans, and how this world will conclude. So you want to pay attention today, because you're in it. This is a picture you're in. Recently, I opened the USA Today. I subscribe to it online, uh, and so I can, wherever I go, I always have kind of current news. Look what I discovered. Look at the name and the head of the article. Front page of the USA Today. New York brokerage rewards workers. They get a big raise if they'll tattoo their neck with the logo of the company. Now I begin to think about that for a moment because I knew where we were. And I begin to think about this, a bump in pay. There's a day coming when people will be forced by the Antichrist to take the mark 
of the beast. It's going to be a very different mark, and it'll either be on your hand or it'll be on your forehead. So wherever you go, you will be identifying yourself with the Antichrist. Well, that's what John writes about this morning. 1 John 2, 18. 1 John 2, 18. John writes it like this. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you've heard, the big A, Antichrist, singular, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many little a, Antichrist, plural, he means false teachers, have already come. In fact, they were in the church that John was talking to. This is how we know it's the last hour. This is how we know we're approaching end times. So John declares that the second coming of Jesus is near because the current present presence of many false teachers, now remember, in the church. Last week we warned you, as Jesus did, that there would be wolves in the church. They would be here. And their goal would be to deceive, to teach false things. Now, anti, anti-Christ has a meaning. Actually, has two meanings. Write these down this morning at all of our campuses. The, the first meaning to anti is this, to oppose or be against. That's really what these false teachers were. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe he was the son of God. So they were opposing, they were against Jesus, against Christ. The second meaning is to replace. In other words, instead of or to replace something, Antichrist. When we study about the Antichrist, the singular Antichrist, he, his goal is both. It's absolutely he's against Jesus Christ, but his real goal is to replace him. You'll see that as we throw, go through the scriptures. So John says, the closer and closer we get to the end of the world, all these false teachers that we see in the church, all the erosion of our culture, we spoke all last week about that. I don't have time. You understand today, our culture is eroding away from anything that has to do with God. And many people with it. So we have to be careful because as we get closer to the end of the world, that's going to happen more and more and more. Now, we don't have to live in fear. So we gave you last week some protection, even though I know that it's going to get, by the way, it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Our world is not going to get better. It's going to get much more difficult for Christians, not just not just in other areas of the world, that which it already is. I'm talking about here. So as our culture erodes, and as there's more false teaching within the church even, we have protection keys. I'm going to go through them. Don't even try to write them down. I'm going to go through them too fast. But you don't have to be afraid this morning. The only thing you have to do to make sure there's not a demon or a false teacher around is look down your row right now. You see anybody that's a little suspicious? Just raise your hand. We'll have the ushers come and... No. That's why you have pastors and elders. By the way, you say, Pastor Mark, like, there's no false teachers here. Sorry, there are. There are sheeps in wolves' clothing. There are clothing sheep. They look like a sheep, but they what? They're really a, a wolf. They look just like you, but they're underneath a wolf. That's the word deception. Here we go. 
Here's our protection. You don't have to be afraid today. Number one, know that spiritual warfare is real. We can be deceived. You say, Pastor Mark, like, this is like spiritual stuff. I can't be deceived. Look at me. Deceived. That's you. If you think this is all just biblical kind of stuff, you're already deceived. Number two, know who you are. If you're a Christ follower, you have God in you. Know who you are. Next week, don't miss next week, we'll finish this section as we begin chapter 3. Don't miss this. Do not let the world and culture define you. Make sure that Jesus defines you. And we'll show you how that works. Because the world squeezes us in the way it wants to think. Number three, every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit living in them. You don't have to worry about being deceived. Because you have, as Jesus taught us in John 14, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit actually living in you. Number four, do you know you have the author of the Bible in you? Every part of the Bible is true. It's always been true. There's hundreds and hundreds of predictions of Jesus. All of them came true. There's so many hundreds of predictions of the future. Many of them have already taken place. All the rest will be true. So you have the powerful living word of God in you. That's why we teach the word of God. Teach the word. You don't have to worry about being deceived. Because if you're in a church that teaches the word of God, you're going to be fine. Number five. You have to believe, and this is what was not true in John's day in the church with these false teachers, you have to believe that God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That comes with the package. Now take a look at verse 24. Here's another one for this morning, brand new. Here we go. See that, John says, see that what you have heard from the beginning, remember what you were taught in church, remember those basic principles, see what you've heard from the beginning, It remains in you. Don't dilute it. Don't move away from it. See that it remains in you. Then watch what he says. If it does, if those basic doctrines, those truths remain in you, you also remain in the Son and in the Father. So here's protection number six. Would you write it down at all of our campuses? Remain connected to God's truth and in your relationship with him. Remain in what you were taught basic biblical doctrine and then make sure that you have that vibrant relationship you just maintain that relationship we're not into religion here we're into a relationship now all there's so many different denominations in so many churches around the world thousands and thousands of denominations many of them are wonderful and any true church doesn't matter what the title is are going to have some basic doctrines truths of the faith that are common that can never be compromised Now, I'm not going to give you all the lists, and I want you to even write them down, but I just want to share with you. Maybe you have to move from here and you go somewhere else. Make sure you find a church that kind of makes sure that they believe all these things. We'll we'll talk about some things today when we get to the, the, the second coming and the tribulation and all that. Some wonderful believers don't believe like we believe. But I'm going to teach you what we believe. But those are not the basic things. The basic things cannot be compromised. Let me just kind of zip through the list really quickly. Number one, you have to, as I already said, you have to believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Number two, you have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He's, he's God, and He is God. He's deity. Do you know that two of our false teachers today, the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses, do not believe that Jesus is God? Wonderful people, their doctrine's wrong. Number three, believe that all the Bible is the Word of God. If you visit a church, if you move to a new community and you go in and you talk to the pastor and the pastor says, well, we don't study the five, first five books of the Bible because they're like just stories. Find you another church. This is all true. Every single word of it. 
Next, you have to believe that all people are born sinners and that the only way one can be saved is through faith in Jesus Christ. As you get toward the end of the time, you're going to hear more of this. You're going to hear nice teaching, good teaching, builds you up, encourages you, wonderful. But you'll rarely, if ever, hear the word sin. Find another church. We're all born sinners. The only way I can get changed is to admit I'm a sinner. Well, we don't like to tell people that. Get real. How are you going to get changed? And the next one, believe that Jesus Christ died as man's substitute on the cross and that he rose again from the dead. You cannot get to heaven by being good. You get to heaven because Jesus Christ paid for your sins. That is never going to change. Don't compromise it. Next, believe that at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. You're not doing this thing alone. That's one of our protections that we talked about. Believe there's a real Satan, a real heaven, and a real hell. Pastor Mark, I believe in heaven, but I'm not like into that hell thing. Really? Jesus was into the hell thing. Next, if you're going to be a true believer, you really have to believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it himself. So you say, well, I'm not really sure about that. You want to be sure about that. You want to be sure about that. Now, I'm going to say something very quickly. I want you to just focus on me, and I don't want you clapping. I don't want emotion. I don't want ever. I'm going to give you one more thing that I think, because it's all, we've already lost this war, but we're not going to compromise with it. But I, want, I don't want you to say an amen. I don't want you to clap on anything, because I, I want you to understand what I'm going to say. I, I don't believe you can be a real Christian without any, any question in my mind. I don't believe you can be a real Christian unless you have all these doctrines true. You have to believe these. And there's another one. God defined what marriage is. One man, one woman, in a relationship with him forever. Do not let the world tell you there's different ways to do it. There's only one way to do it. Now, let me just say something to you. Anybody that does it different, we love them, but we hate their sin. This is not a church that goes, well, there's a person that's over there and they're doing this or they're doing that. When Jesus met the woman at the well, she spent her whole life as a prostitute. Would you agree that that is not right? Hello? Some of you are like, well, it's in Vegas. It just stays there. Come on, get back to... By the way, what is that statement? That's the world squeezing us into what? It's mold. It doesn't stay in Vegas. It's found out. So when Jesus met the woman that had had her whole life in adultery and fornication, what did he say to her? I forgive you. Now go and change. He loved her. We love sinners here. This is a hospital. You say, Pastor Margaret, we have those kind of people here. I'm leaving. Bye. Because we're going to ask for them to change like everybody else had to change. I have problems. You have problems. I sometimes get angry. I know none of you do. (laughs) There's no jealousy here, right? There's no pride here, right? No, I, very often I have people, because of this is a pretty common thing, now they'll ask me, would we be welcome at your church? I get emails. Yeah, we, we're, we're homosexual or lesbian, would we be welcome? What do you think I say to them? Absolutely. But then I say this, you will hear me say that you're going to have to change to be like Christ, just like all the rest of us. So be careful. I'm not compromising a thing, but we're to love the lost so they can come to Christ. Amen. All right, now. So what was John saying? He was just saying, remember what you've been taught. This reminds us again of something very important. If you're not in church on a regular basis, you're not going to remember because you're never hearing the things. If you missed all of last week and you weren't here and you don't go online, then you missed the whole key about how the world's squeezing you into its, its way of thinking. 
So we have to be connected. The truths of the Bible never change. It doesn't matter what culture says. The truth of God's word never changes. The body of doctrine is complete. Nothing more can be added. Somebody has said it appropriately. If it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. Amen. Now, you say, Pastor Mark, can you really be sure of that? Absolutely. That's why we have a standard. The world doesn't define what we believe. God does. Okay? Now, I want you to turn to John 15. It's not just the word I have to remain in. But I have to remain in that relationship, that vine and branch deal. Remember, people will say very often, well, I'm not going to go to that church because I'm not into religion. You can say to them, we're not into religion either. We're into a relationship. John 15, look at verse 4. All of our campuses remain in me and I will remain in you. Notice there's a two-way deal here. God says, remain in me. Keep that relationship with me and I'll remain in you. I'll have that relationship with you. It's two parts. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's a picture of what that looks like. See, when you trusted Christ to save us, The Holy Spirit came to live in you. He united you in this vibrant living relationship. Notice up there, the branch abides in the vine. It's not hanging out by itself. There's a relationship. The word abide or remain means to be at home, to continue, to be dependent on this amazing relationship with God. Now, abiding is not passive. It's active on God's part. And it's active on your part. So I won't be deceived if I stick to what I know and I stick in that relationship, that abiding with God. Because eventually, the Holy Spirit, as I'm abiding, he's he's going to correct me and he's going to make sure he's going to say, whoa, 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 that's not really true over there. Be careful. Don't don't go there. Just stay here. Stay on the good things. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how how do I make sure I abide? It's very simple. Scoot on down to verse 10. You're right there. John 15, if you obey my commands, and where do we find the commands? The word of God, you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my father's command and remain in his love. So this relationship, this remaining is directly tied with obedience. I know the word, I obey the word, and that simply means my relationship with God then is healthy. So here's what I want you to write. Obeying God and his truth, not what the world says, not what you think. Obeying God and his truth is how we remain. See, our protection against deception, as the world gets more deceptive all the time, is simply to obey the truth, endure. Keep our personal relationship with God healthy, and we'll be able to finish our race very well. Now, go right back to where we were, 1 John chapter 2. You can always have your finger there, put your little note thing, because we'll be back and forth from that, because that's where our text is. Notice in verse 25 what John says. He's going to tell us something's coming. And this is what he, God, promised us, even eternal life. As I abide, as he abide, as I stay in his truth, what's the end result? Eternal life. Finish this statement with me. There is light at the end of the tunnel. 
In other words, here's protection number seven. You can write it like this. As I abide, as I remain in those doctrines, those truths that God told me from his word, I have the assurance of eternal life and I have assurance of heaven forever. That's amazing. I don't have to be afraid. It doesn't matter what's going to happen to the world. And you're going to see in a moment when the world really gets bad, God takes the Christians out of the world to protect us from that wrath that's coming. So the reward of an obedient, abiding life is eternal life. We really have it now, but I'll have it then. And of course, that's heaven forever. That's why Jesus came to earth. There's nothing more important than knowing you have eternal life. There is nothing more important. Let me just stop for a moment. We just had our uh, daughter and son-in-law and our two grandkids with us. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have our 15-year-old granddaughter with us. Let me just say, as I look at the Haley and Heath and eight and five, and I know the granddaughter is coming 15. As I look at them, we enjoy them. We love, well, be with them, have a lot of fun with them. But I'm going to say something. Every time I'm with them, I pray this. God, they're going to live in a world I've never seen before. It's going to get much worse than it is here. God, the only thing that I care about is that they're saved. Now, if you have grandchildren, you better be praying for that. Because the pressure on the next generation of kids is going to be horrendous. But they can remain. There's nothing more important than you knowing where you're going to spend eternity. It's not about church. It's about where you're going to live forever. Some of you don't know God. You're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service to do it. Because you don't want to be around when the rest of this mess happens. So understand, that's what John's trying to say. Now, look at verse 26. John gives us one of the five reasons he wrote the whole book of 1 John. I'll talk about that in a moment. Notice what he says. I am writing. I am writing these things to you, which is the churches then, but of course to us today, about those who are trying to lead you astray. If you write in your Bible, just write this. That word astray means this, to deceive you. So John, the pastor, says, I'm writing to protect you because there's people, their whole goal is to deceive you. But then he gives them this assurance. Look at verse 27. But as for you, Christ followers, the anointing, the Holy Spirit you receive from him remains in you. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came in. And you don't need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing, that Holy Spirit is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. He says it's going to get bad. There's going to be deception. But you have the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit in you, and you can just keep with this truth, remain with him, be sensitive. If something doesn't seem right, get wisdom. Make sure you're not being deceived. That's the third characteristic of the Antichrist and his false teacher. They have one goal, to deceive you. But John says you don't have to worry. You have the spirit of truth living in you. So here's what I want you to write. Protection number eight. Christ followers can know the difference between truth and error. Pastor Mark reminded us of some very important protection we have against the Antichrist. We must know that spiritual warfare is real. Even Christ followers can be deceived. But as Christ followers, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, and we can discern truth from lies. We have the Bible, which is our greatest weapon because that is where all truth is found. As Christians, we believe that God is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6113. And the title of this message is The Spirit of the Antichrist Has Arrived. Again, today's message number is 6113. And the title of this message is The Spirit of the Antichrist Has Arrived. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue with Pastor Mark as he teaches us about the end times. Pastor Mark will go into detail what will happen at the rapture, what happens to the believers, what happens to Satan, and what is the tribulation. It will be a very informative teaching. Be sure to tell those who don't believe to tune in next time to hear this important message. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your 